Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halix. And this week, joining us in the studio, we have Flora Gordon, the art director of Flora Gordon Design and Imagery. And since this is Luca's main connection, I'm going to let you tell the story of how we've come to have her on air today. I always, I always love the stories of how we, <laughs> how we get to our guests, because this all happened because <laughs> we go way back. I did... I did a reading circle for somebody who was a mentor, of, a mentee of mine. And one of the people who came to the reading circle is a, a woman who then went on to have a reading circle of her own at her house, and she invited Flora. And so uh, that's how Flora and I met. But since then, Flora and I have gone on to do some business together uh, because she's uh, do, redoing my branding for me. So that's all to come, but we've been having a really fun time with it because, as I said, welcome, Flora, for start. But I was saying a little earlier that the reason that I'm working with you is because you're intuitive. Ah, thank you. <laughs> but, I, but I love the fact that you're in your design process, you're not, you're not just intuitive, but you're also really practical and down-to-earth and logical and you have a system for things and all of that. So you've got that... Um, the, both both sides working together in the middle, doing the dance, right? Mm -hmm. doing, the, doing the dance. Absolutely, and I really appreciate that you've been helping me discover what I'm actually doing, Luca. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. it's been going yeah. on in the background, but... Well, I'm, there's yeah. there's something fascinating about we when we've got a talent for something and we do it, um, we may not necessarily know what skills we're drawing from or what processes are going on in our brain, in our heart, or using intuition, et cetera. So when someone's helping us to actually get clear on that, it's not even that we're trying to learn new things, but getting clear on what it is that we do that makes what we do good gives us that power of then we can put more energy into that. We can be more deliberate about that. It's like a, oh, I didn't realize I had, you know, like Edward Scissorhands with scissors on his hands. Like I was always using the scissors. It's like, actually, I can deliberately do things with these now that I realize that this, I don't know where the Edward Scissorhands came from, but there we go. <laughs> yes, he's visiting us in the studio on a Friday afternoon. It's coming up to Halloween. Maybe that's But it works both from. ways, right? It's, it's that... Because you, you've been working with me and I've been working with you. Yes. Um, but for me, it's so freeing to be able to do, to get my business needs met with someone who speaks my language. Absolutely. Because it's challenging enough to do what we do, all mm -hmm. of us as solopreneurs, to do what we do anyway. But, but when we have somebody who brings another set of skills to the table that are the pieces that we don't have to help us to do what we're doing better, when they speak our language, it, it, it's like we get an exponential increase in our uh, creativity and efficacy and... And you and so and and we've had this conversation before that it works the same way for you 
with the glove on the other hand, right? Absolutely. So when I meet a client or prospective client who's receptive to, let's say, maybe an alternative design process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really energizing for me and empowering, and um, I really feel like uh, we can go back and forth in a much faster manner, and that a lot of unexpected positive things come out of it, mm-hmm. which is where my whole serendipity yeah. conversation started, right? Yeah, yeah. serendipity. Serendipity is a word that you'd used in some of the information that you sent over to us, your bio, and yeah. serendipity and magic and intuition play a big role in what you do. And we had a little moment where we were talking about the origination of this word and from the island of uh, Sri Lanka. It used to be called serendip. And just a little... Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't that. know that? Yeah. And so when the first explorers oh, came and came upon the island, um, and they thought it was such an amazing, happy discovery, and so they coined the name of the island into the term serendipity. So serendip became serendipity. That's where it came yeah. from. But that happy discovery thing, back into your work, mm-hmm. that only really comes about when you've got the ease that comes with trust. And trust is built when you have that language that is the same. But you guys are not talking about just words. You're talking about a language of the heart, a language of the spirit. Absolutely. We are. And I've been looking for somebody to help me with branding for a long time. And not just branding, but marketing as well. And I've been jokingly, we've been talking about it on the show with a number of different guests that I'm looking for unmarketing. Oh, like yeah. the uncola, right? <laughs> and and it's it's a difficult thing to describe. And I've described it to a lot of wonderful marketing and branding people. But they... They weren't the maybe it was just the fit wasn't right, right. Um, or maybe I wasn't their ideal client. But um, so I just kept trying, yeah. I kept trying and trying and trying and trying until until I came across you, and and I didn't even know that you had the skills that I was looking for, <laughs> but you had one of my business cards and you said. I know I'm going out on a limb here a little bit, but I just have the feeling you should have two cards. <laughs> yes. And and it and my ears went pink <laughs> uh, because what's what what happens in the unprocess? What maybe it's unbusiness in a way. It's still business, but it isn't linear. Right. And it doesn't. That doesn't mean there aren't any linear components in it. Mm. But what you and I have been doing together has been linear and non-linear at the same time. And you haven't said to me, no, we can't go there yet. It's been very, it's been, there's been a lot of flow. It's been very graceful what we've been doing. But we've been, I can use the scattergun approach with you. I can say, okay, here's all the things I like. Yes. And, and you, and you sift and sort through it all. And then you say, okay, here's, here, my intuition says that it's, it's probably something like this. And yes. then I can come back in and give you some feedback on that. But it's being graceful. I, and I, I feel that way too. So I'm glad um, that you are enjoying the process because I am very yeah. much. And uh, one thing I've found is because I know that you have a side to you with like very, or you're very organized, you have a business background, things like that, um, that I'm trying to bring both the sort of organized answers to your questions to meetings, like getting quotes on printing or things like that, and then also just what's going on that doesn't really fit in a mold necessarily, but yeah. we're molding it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said to me, I don't know if you can take this in, 
but I just had this funny feeling about this. And yeah. you've thrown it at me, and I said, ah. <laughs> That's quite fun. Or I said, no, no, not like that, but maybe like this. Yes. And, and, and it's like a riff, right? You, right? you go off on it, and you try it, and you come back again. But, but it, as you said, Rebecca, it has to be trust in order to do, to do that. And yeah. the trust, I think, comes from that rapport. If yes. you know somebody is basically speaking your language and has your value system, yes, then you can do it. Absolutely. Right? And it's not, it's not that any of the other people that I've spoken to haven't been good at what they do um, or that they, you know, that they can't go off and, and riff even. Yes. But there's something that happens and I'd be interested to know your take on this because it feels like alchemy to me. Mm. Like there are, when I look for clients, yes. I'm not just looking for somebody who's a good fit on paper. I'm looking for somebody where I know it feels right. Absolutely. And you and I kind of glommed onto one another and knew it felt right exactly. in both directions. And it doesn't, it doesn't always work in, in both directions, but it, it did in this case. So how do you go about selecting your clients or how do they select you well one thing that i'm finding is that it has to sort of start with giving so when i met you um i drew what i wanted for your business card on a piece of paper and i gave it to you and i said you don't have to work with me like i just want to give you my idea here's my email if you want more clarification but it's like i'm not attached that you're going to be my client. So I'm going to give the person some helpful suggestion or some idea. And um, I think that's big. I find just the more that I give, um, the more I'm receiving and the more resources I have to give to others. Um, the other thing that I'm finding is I kind of test the waters a few times and I see, does this person, does this person slot me into like the graphic designer category and that's all they can receive from me? Mm -hmm. And if so, that's okay to say, pay the mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if I say to them, you know, it's really interesting. I noticed that, you know, when your administrative assistant an answers the phone, they say this and this, and you know, this might, this something else might work better. Or, I noticed you're doing radio ads. Did you think about doing this and that? And I'm just giving them information. But mm -hmm. if they've put me in a, in the graphic designer box, and that's the only thing I can help them with. It's fine, but it, it's it's a limitation on where we can go together. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting for me to see clients um, opening up to receiving more information um, that could help them. I also will sometimes sit down with people and when they tell me about their business or their service or their product, uh, potential clients, I can sometimes detect a bit of a block. Like if someone thinks that charging money for what they do is dirty like if they fundamentally got that belief there's sort of no design that i can make them that's going to help them but they may may or may not be ready in that position to hear from me that they need to go resolve that thing <laughs> sure <laughs> but yeah you may be able to witness it but you may not be able to be the the bearer of that news that they could receive it from <laughs> exactly in the same way that i know that say many uh as an example many female graphic designers um have had problems standing in front of a boardroom of like men at a say fortune 500 company mm -hmm. and presenting it might be the perfect idea but you may not be the person to deliver it right and uh, it's frustrating yeah. and yet these things mm -hmm. are true what i'm noticing 
it seems to be happening in your business is I, I like how you've brought up, you know, if people put you into the graphic designer box. Yes. Because what's really going on is is you are taking a look with that, you know, these eyes, the physical eyes, the third eye, all of the eyes, yeah. to not only what somebody is saying that they do and yes. saying how they want to present themselves, but who they really are, where their strengths mm-hmm. really are, and what it is that people need to know about them so that they can be connecting with them to do the work that is going to be mutually beneficial for them both. That's like on such a different level than someone else who's like, um, so what is the image that you want me to make? And I'll just sit in front of a computer and draw this thing out until it reaches a point where you say that looks like what I had in my head. And then we make the thing and go. You are doing this transcendental level (laughs) stuff with people. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. So how did you get there? (laughs) Where did this all start? Yeah, because you didn't start there. I didn't start there, but... I feel uh, that's really interesting because Luca, you said something so similar when we were at the coffee shop, and you said oh, who you're showing who people really are. You want to meet people who want you to like help them uncover that and present that, right? Um, but one it's thing, the great reveal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, and, and one thing that was happening was it's just like once in a while, in because of coincidences or something. You could have a happy accident happening with the design. And don't get me wrong, I've had my share of many designs that took a zillion revisions and didn't go the way I want, just like par for the course. But these happy accidents have just been happening more and more and more. Well, we just had one the other day. Yeah. So we had a graphic artist trying to create my logo. Yes. And and you just you just you were trying to do something else and you just draw, drew a line on top of what was already there and yeah. and, and you thought, ah, ah, <laughs> and you showed it to me and I said, that's it. That's it, yeah. I accidentally kind of... Which is kind of how we came across my original power, one. Power Sorcerer, yeah. even. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that, yeah. yeah, that wasn't... Yeah, so these things, and they're happening more and more and more often. So when I was in design school... Um, I didn't like. I was hardly. I didn't know how to put a CD into a into an iMac. I didn't know how to use a <laughs> scanner. I'm really right. not technically not inclined. technically inclined. <laughs> and people in my class were a lot more advanced. We had to do a poster. I went to Emily Carr University, and we had to do a poster. And I think, okay, what do I want to do for this poster? But I like monkeys. That was the depth of it. Like, I like monkeys. <laughs> and this is a, at this time, it wasn't really easy to get stock photos, um, like inexpensively. But I knew that I didn't want to just rip off something. From, I knew that was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I went to a used, I went to like Lawrence Books on 41st and Dunbar. I don't know if you know the place, but a used bookstore to find out. out oh, of yes, print. I do know where that is. <laughs> that one right at 41st and Dunbar and I picked up I tried to find some books where they were like out of copyright because I thought so I found some pictures of monkeys basically and I got so far as getting them into the computer that was the next thing I needed to figure out and then I needed to manipulate the monkey so that it would be hear no evil speak no evil see no evil monkey and then it's got a paintbrush and then it would say it was this poster that we had to do for the graduation show, or the first year, first year of art school graduation show. And I'm thinking that that was the depth of my thought process. I like monkeys, <laughs> and um, <laughs> 
then they, they go around to critique mine and they said, like, Flora's really stumbled onto something great here. This is the exact kind of monkey that Emily Carr, the artist, had. Like, the exact <laughs> breed, this little monkey named Workwoo or Woo or something like that. Because she had monkeys and dogs and cats and dressed them up and whatnot. Which and I you think's... didn't even know. No. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really gotten to that point. <laughs> I was just liking monkeys. It was just, I like monkeys. Yep. Yeah. And they were like, they kind of looked past my poor typography at the time and amateur Photoshop skills and like two color execution to say, like, wow, you, re- you really hit on something. But then this started happening like more and more and more and more in other situations. It was like, this is more than a coincidence at this point. Now and, it's a pattern. Yeah, I like that pattern. Mm-hmm. Patterns always make me go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> I, and, and they make me curious. What's going on here? What's happening? I'm getting yeah. some extra help. Yeah. So what did you decide what about did? that pattern? Oh, that I feel like I'm using more than earth resources. It's <laughs> my term right now. I'm, yeah, you are not an earthling. You are yeah. not only an earthling. Yes, right. There's more <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you finding that as you do this work longer, that your clientele is changing? Yes. So one thing, <laughs> I made this joke the other day, and I kind of hope that the people I'm referring to, not by name, but are not mm-hmm. listening. But when you first start being self-employed, you kind of have to take any client. And so when, but now... But there's no accidents in that either. No, it's true. But you're kind of putting in your time, I guess, I kind of feel. But so I, okay, so I realized that I'm looking to work with people who have dedicated their time and resources to the the project or company. It's not really the side hustles. Right. So I, what did I say to someone the other day? I'm not meeting someone at the McDonald's by the (laughs) P&E at 9 p.m., because that's the only time they can get a babysitter and they're not working. Right. And no insult to side no. muscles, but yeah, yeah. I'm here for people who want their whole selves, their yeah. whole company. You represented. just know that those are the signs of not the people that are going to be your best match for a client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So for any of you out there who are listening and don't know who we're talking to, we our guest today, you're listening to Essential Conversations on CJSF uh, 90.1 FM. And our guest today is Flora Gordon, who's the art director of Flora Gordon Design and Imagery. And Flora doesn't run her business in just your regular, ordinary way. So we're exploring today um, what that looks like to be uh, a design uh, business, design and imagery business, and and be using... The uh, resources that are not of this earth. <laughs> yes, the earth yeah, resources. not really, only of this earth, I right? I really like that phrase. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I'm kind of hearing from you is that starting from when you were going to school for design, mm-hmm. these happy little accidents that would happen while you were earnestly trying to be creative and come up with something that was, you know, topic something based. Something from nothing. <laughs> yeah, like you had, you had a deadline, you had a, something that needed to be created. But these happy accidents that began there and would bring results that showed you that sometimes it wasn't just about hard work. Sometimes it wasn't about pushing it into some other realm or trying to be like someone else. It was just the thing that just had tickled your fancy or whatever had followed in there. Yeah, or it seemed like this was a good way to go, but you didn't really have any evidence for it. As those things, you tried out those routes and you got positive results, both in positive feedback and also the ease with which it was happening, that that ended up, you know, giving you strength of like, okay, that 
I can try that again. <laughs> and, right? And mm-hmm. so then that's the uh, that's the evolution process, right? Where yeah. where we become my way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can see that by following that route, you would now be to where you are. Oh, now, thank you. yeah, those are the little, little, the little branches at every point, right? And you're like, no, I'll take this one because that one worked kind of good before, and I'll take this one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, thank you. And one thing I was thinking about too is it's given me a lot more confidence. Yeah. So now, for instance. If I have to make a presentation, I've done presentations at conferences that have been even up to two hours long. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have, say, made my presentation and thought, like, this is missing kind of like the heart mm-hmm. or like a little joke or like something that's just going to um, give people that emotional uh, resonance. Uh, and now I just know that it's going to come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need to, to prepare, I need to set the stage, I need to create the container. Mm-hmm. I'll make the presentation and I'll prepare. But it was like, okay, I know that that like the, the punchline's gonna get here, and uh, it was right before I did my first presentation uh, for Editors Canada in 2016. I needed a little little something to go at the end, and my dad sent me a picture of my nephew, uh, and it was really cute and it was really funny, and it was actually perfectly illustrating what my presentation was about. And it was like two days before the presentation, <laughs> and it, it, it was like, wow, th- I couldn't have. Come, I, I felt like I couldn't have come up with something. No, you better. can't plan that. Yeah, but that was that was trust, serendipity. Yeah, with, for yourself, with you could say towards upwards, right? Towards whatever this thing is that whatever it is you. we're connected into. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, it's showing that you're you are showing up in good faith with the practical side of what it is that you do. You do Absolutely. the nuts mm-hmm. and bolts. You do the processes that are necessary true. the stuff yes. that you know the content that is essential that's the reason why you're doing this presentation but then you are the magic oh, right because okay. if you were to get put that in someone else's hands it might come out dry af you know but yeah. you show up or to it do would it. appeal to a completely different demographic yeah but if you prepare that then those little inspiration points of and this is the entry point that i'm going to use today or this is the wrap-up that i wouldn't know in advance but here it, it just all gels together and that's because you're involved because oh, you. the magic is the magic is in you flora <laughs> i love it i'm gonna make a poster that says that <laughs> well i've been thinking about that a lot this just this past week because i was i was doing some channeling and part of the information that was coming through was about how we're we can we can relax into the fact that we're going to attract gracefully attract the perfect people to work with us yes and when we know that we can be even more of ourselves it's like when you boil something and boil it and boil it and it distills down to its essence so so the more of our essence that we bring to something it used to be oh my god if I bring too much of me, then people won't find it appealing. They won't work with me. Absolutely. And you get to a point where you realize that the only way you're going to get the people that you want to have work with you is to be the most you, the the quirkiest, uh, and yet still the most skilled that you can possibly be. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then they then they then you're going to get more of those really stellar connections. Right, the ones that 
where where when they write you a testimonial, it it shines all over the universe because they're reflecting their appreciation of exactly what it is that you bring to the table, that you love to bring to the table, and that they appreciate you bringing. That I really like that you said that. Thanks, because I had I have really awesome teachers at Emily Carr University, and even the story of me getting in art school is a whole thing, but uh, is pretty amazing. But uh, I had this teacher, Charles Dobson, and he wrote a book on the design process. And I really like that he articulated, like he really carefully researched and articulated and explained what these things are. And uh, there's very few courses like that, and I'm really grateful to him. He also saw talent in me and helped me get into design school. Um, but he um, he said that when you first start out as a graphic designer, you're hired to basically copy, other, not copy other people's work like plagiarize, plagiarizing, no. that's not what I mean, no. but just basically someone's going to say, I like this postcard that this realtor did, can you make, make me, me one like that? Make me that. Yeah. And so it's like that's when you start out, but when you are established and successful, people are going to say, I just want you to do more of what you do. Yes. Yeah. And that's really exciting to have that happen. Well, and I think when you're first starting out, you don't know yet what that thing is about you. Right. So so you can't even present it to anybody. If you, right. Even if you know what it is, you might not necessarily know how to describe it. True. So you can't sell it until you've figured it out. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it takes us a little bit of time in our careers to figure it out. Absolutely. To figure what it is that we bring to the table that's uniquely us, that has more value because we do it the best. Absolutely. It definitely was a long incubation period, and even for me to recognize it, right? Yeah. 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 And we, I don't think we can make that happen faster, necessarily. Yeah. Maybe we can get out of our own way a little bit. Yes, probably. But, yeah. you know, not that fast. It feels like it's time for one of your songs. It is, and I'm really being drawn to Freak Show right now. Just in the theme of (laughs) going alternate routes. Yes, being Being freaky. Would you like to tell us before we listen to it or after why you picked this song? Okay, I'll I'll tell tell it now. Yeah, go for Um, it. I saw Ingrid Michaelson on uh, Saturday in Seattle, and she was so amazing. And it was just funny because earlier this year I thought, you know who I'd really like to see in a concert? And then it was a very civilized process for getting the tickets. It wasn't some crazy Ticketmaster thing. Civilized, I love <laughs> it. Yeah, I loved it, yeah. And she was so amazing. And this is from her album Stranger Songs, which is just like based on Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she opened this song because it says welcome. It's like naturally yeah, so it goes at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Ingrid yeah. is pretty awesome. All right, let's take a listen to Freak Show by Ingrid Michaelson, and we'll be back in the studio with Flora Gordon in just a few minutes. Welcome to the Freak Show. Come step into my world, build it for myself, put all my memories in one. Welcome to the 
like to take a moment to acknowledge that while we are up here on Burnaby Mountain, we are on the unceded ancestral t- territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And what that means to me, uh, knowing that I am a settler, is that it is um, a reminder for me to slow down and to remember where I am, remember who I am, remember who, where I came from, and those who have been here longer than me and their connection with this land, and to pay attention and to listen and to learn. We are here today with Flora Gordon, the art director of Flora Gordon Design and Imagery, and we just listened to her first song choice today, which was Ingrid Michaelson's Freak Show, and we've been spending a lot of time basically exploring, following the different paths, even while we're on the trajectory that may, you know, you can go to school for design and art, and it may seem like a sort of a path that you follow along, but the divergences that, that end up creating the doorways through which you connect with your unique contributions and ways of doing things and how that then enables your your clients. You were speaking about something on the break that you thought you wanted to touch in on, right, Luca? Do you remember what that was? Yeah, about um, how in my my generation, I say, like baby boomers and early baby boomers and later ones, we have this, we came into a business world that said that you had to pay, any kind of world, you had to pay your dues. Right, you had to go through your time of following the rules and doing things the way your elders who had more experience than you taught you to do them and before you could branch out on your own. For sure. And one of the things that I'm discovering about the new generation is that many of them don't have the patience, the tolerance for doing it the way it's always been done, especially if they can see clearly that it's not working. Sure. And so my generation tends to get a little impatient with them and you know you're not you're not paying me the uh, the respect I'm due because I've put in the years and I mean, my voice goes down because, <laughs> we, know, because right? we have this you know <laughs> mindset about it and and I find it really refreshing in many ways to come across the younger folk who don't have a tolerance for that 
if it's they're saying if it doesn't work i'm not doing it i'm not learning it i'm not going to pay homage to it we're done and i want to do it this way instead but the challenge there um, and the opportunity is to find that common ground where we can respect one another's um what what we bring to the table in the way of experience and what they bring to the table in terms of fresh ways of looking at things um, and and that's something that didn't have to happen so much when I first came into the world of business mm -hmm. that I think is having to happen now mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise we have what we used to call in the 60s a generation gap mm. um, and it's a different kind of generation gap but mm -hmm. it's still a gap and and I um, I, I choose to look at it as these are not frustrating people. These are just these are people who are bringing something to the table that's really positive and essential and useful. Mm -hmm. um, and we just need to find where we overlap and how we can help one another. Mm -hmm. And it's encouraging to me. Absolutely. Um, at the same time, as I sometimes fall into that place of thinking, <laughs> I worked hard to get here, and you know, and I do have some experience here, and don't you tell me how to do things, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Because it's that's it. We all come from the generation that we come from, but yeah, you've brought a few things for show and tell today. Yeah. Would you like to tell us about what you've brought? Yes. Yeah, so I brought an OM1 camera body from. Um, very good friends of mine, kind of like an extra set of parents, um, Marty Putterman. So great that you've yeah. got an extra set of parents. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dodie Katzenstein and uh, Marty Putterman um, gave me this camera that belonged to Dodie's dad, um, Fritz Katzenstein, who was born in Germany in 1908, mm -hmm. and um, he wasn't allowed to be a doctor there because of the Nazi occupation. Many of his relatives were murdered in concentration camps, but he did move to Illinois, and he was a doctor there, and he loved taking photos, so he was using a Leica. He went to Africa, um, and then when I went to art school, they gave me this camera that he used uh, until his death, and he was uh, he he really gave the gift of loving photography to his daughter Dodie, mm -hmm. and um, so when they gave me this camera, um, I was very excited to use it at art school and learn how to take photos. Um, this is on a fully film. manual camera. Fully manual. Someone mm -hmm. once asked me where the zoom was, and I sort of shimmied back and forth in this little dance and said, "Zoom, zoom, zoom." <laughs> There's no <laughs> zooming. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a 35 millimeter film camera and uh, back when you couldn't get stock photos as easily we talked about this mm. and I, if I couldn't find what I wanted, wanted if it wasn't something I mean I would take my own pictures and I would go to great lengths uh, to get the picture I wanted and uh, so it was really awesome to have this this camera and I've taken some really cool black and white film uh, photos with it mm. and it, it's very special to me because it also represents like you know the different skills that I was able to to get while um, I was at art school, and also mm -hmm. sort of like teaching myself. And then also, it's so special to have a camera with like a history like this. Yeah, yeah. it has a legacy. Absolutely, it comes along. Do, can, I mean, I know that you're sensitive to energy. Can you yeah. feel his energy on that camera still? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like in my heart. Yeah. 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 Do you do your own developing? Um, I would do my own printing when I was at Emily Carr. They had really nice 
photography labs. You know a really good photography uh, lab when you don't smell a bunch of chemicals. <laughs> it's like a good nail salon. <laughs> it's, like, it's well ventilated. Yeah, and that they clean and maintain everything very professionally, and the standards are very high. Um, but I wasn't great at doing that part where you pour in the different chemicals for a certain amount of time. Uh, so I would take mine to get processed and then I would print it myself. Um, and I think I didn't major in photography because dust and scratches on my negatives were driving me just insane. And I thought, I don't think I can deal with dust and scratches. I wasn't really thinking about digital, it was just still emerging. Mm -hmm. But then I took so many photography classes at Emily Carr and then at Langara that uh, I felt like my skills were pretty on par with my design skills. Uh, yeah, so uh, I definitely look at the world, like how could this be a picture? Like I'm watching the concert, I was like, where would the, where would the photographer go and things like that. But this is the imagery part of what you do. Yes, right? absolutely. And so much of imagery is about composition. Absolutely. And yeah. so it doesn't matter if you're developing your own film or it's, it's, the, it's the eye that you use, the lens through which you're looking at your world. And in a way, a client is a lens. That's interesting, right? Because they're bringing their their constraints and their opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's how do they look at the world, and how are other people going to look at them? Them. Yeah. And what do they want people to see and appreciate about who they are and what they bring to the table? Absolutely. There's um there's a sentence that you've got here on your website that oh, I yeah. noticed where yeah, it yeah. says, "I have a passion for visually expressing complex ideas." Yeah. It's a very simple sentence oh yeah but it makes me very curious oh could you explain to me s some examples of how, where you've done that what that looks like yeah so uh i i do have an interest in i like collaborating with say s technical teams or scientific scientific groups or yes um like some things to do with healthcare. that it's like how are you going to explain to people what is healthcare management? Like people who are going in and consulting about waiting lists and quite complicated things within healthcare or in science. And um, I like to figure out how to communicate the main points of that to an audience that um, that's going to be really new information for them. They probably didn't think that that was a job I, or that, yeah, they haven't encountered that. Um, not that they wouldn't recognize the complexity of what's going on in, say, the healthcare system, but mm -hmm. we're presenting new info to them. So, um, and that that's something I enjoy doing, like through infographics, like making a graphic that would explain something more than, say, a chart and a graph, and just lead people through information in a logical sequence and give them something to grasp on if they're like a visual learner. Um, definitely really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it kind of leads me to the sort of plain language work that I do. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Yeah. Go into it. Do the thing. <laughs> so, funny story how I got involved in that. I got one of those emails that's like, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, and they're trying to kind of, it's just an algorithm, said that you should speak to so-and-so or you should. And I got one of those, and that's how I got connected with SFU. <laughs> through one of my mentors, Cheryl Stevens. She is uh, the plain language wizard. And uh, she was interesting because I've done a lot of design for the public sector and trying to make clear communications for audiences who are unfamiliar with certain types of data or might have a 
vision, cognitive, or language barrier to absorbing information. Or on the other hand, it can it can be for highly technical teams who need the technical knowledge uh, and writing and layout to be at the level they're reading on a day-to-day. So um, through her, I developed a course for SFU Continuing Studies, which is on plain language design. And it's not an area, there's, there's not a ton of courses on there. But um, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm teaching often non-designers how to use the best practices in typography and other layout techniques uh, to give people the best chance of understanding the information the first time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's super important work because if you got a voting ballot in the mail and if you didn't understand where to go, mm-hmm. um, this is vital information that people need. Right. Um, so but, it's or emergency information. Emergency and, information, poison yeah. control, that yeah. kind of stuff. And if you have poor design, then the information yes. that you're looking for is not going to be received clearly mm-hmm. or easily absolutely on your first read through when you're even when you're looking for the information <laughs> right exactly and the whole thing with sort uh, design and sort of uh, for people who are in the middle of receiving healthcare services so someone who's dealing with uh, a loss in their family or chemotherapy or things like that is they're often so overburdened with the emotional side and fatigue and yeah. different stuff like that that it needs to be so clear mm-hmm. um to reach them where they're at right now. Right, yeah, yeah. So. Which is principles of great communication, essentially. Absolutely, right? yeah. And, and this is putting it in a place where it's even more important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yet it is it is astonishing, because I'm thinking about the number of times that I've sat somewhere and thought, this is ridiculous. Why do they think a person is going to understand this? Like, maybe I've got it, but yes. I realize that I'm like the only person that did. And because yes. other people's brains are, are breaking for other reasons, or they're distracted, or they're preoccupied, or it's just not clear and your brain my brain had to do a few flips before it got to the information that it was trying to give me and there's so many times that that happens so this is a real need it's a, it's an and English is your first language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, now this feels like the perfect moment for your second song. Okay, let's do it. So we've got Eric Clapton's "Change the World." Right. And these little things like this yes. can functionally change the world for people. But I'd like to know why you chose this song. Thank you. I definitely, I definitely like that message. The idea about the potential to have a big impact. I definitely saw the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta where they play this song and I definitely cried. <laughs> and um, it's also romantic, which that's that's me. <laughs> I'm a romantic person. But yeah, I definitely see there, the potential for a large impact and I'm starting to see it. Like for instance, people taking my course have told me um, the big impacts they've been able to do in their in their work in publishing and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's a sign of things to come. How about that? All right, let's take a listen to Eric Clapton's "Change the World," and we will be back here with Flora Gordon in the studio in just a few minutes as we we're coming to the end of the show, guys. How'd that happen? I so know, fast. so fast. Anyways, let's listen to Eric Clapton. We'll be right back. Shining on 
back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest today is Flora Gordon. We were just listening to her second song choice for the day, which was Eric Clapton's Change the World, and I couldn't help but sing along. It's been a long time since I heard that song. That was good. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, So, since we've only got, you know, we've got ten minutes left before we're going to be wrapping up today, um, what's coming up for you next? Like, what's your growing edge? What's maybe some events coming along? What are things that are happening in your world? Well, I'm ma- working on, on on launching another website, another brand, which is going to be more centered around the intuitive branding, which is what I think 
two words that explain it fairly well if I'm in a rush. Yeah. Intuitive uh, branding. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I'm it's working. It's not sexy, but it says it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I have more sexy terminology, <laughs> but I'm saving it. <laughs> um, so I'm working, on, I'm working on that. And uh, so I'm going to keep my sort of corporate website with, you know, regular design work, which may need to be done. But I do think people will find what I'm offering with my intuitive branding and they may uh, the right people will feel a sense of relief and uh, feel seen and known and um, consider collaborating. And freed up. Totally. So it gives, it's like it's breathing room. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Personally, just from mm -hmm. my perspective here. Yeah. So one of the things that, that we hadn't talked about yet which yeah. is, is your um, your fonts and your typography. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit ab about that, and and because I think that plays a lot into the branding that you do. So anybody who comes to you as a client is going to be able to partake in all of this. Right? Absolutely. So I brought my typography notebook from Emily Carr, where I had really amazing handouts from uh, one of my instructors, actually, uh, Peter Cocking. He made these beautiful handouts for us with so much info on typography and like got like screenshots and like they're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, to teach us all about um, typography. And for me, it took me a little while to develop like a certain taste level in typography. And now I'm seeing it being as being an area where a lot of design kind of falls down if it's not at that level and I'll see things and I'll say that would be a great design if the typography was just oh yeah like a little I'm it's cringing, one of those things cause... when it's really good you don't notice it right when it's bad it jars you might not know that's what the cause is but yes. it jars yeah. absolutely and yeah. so I think it's the most important part of graphic design communication design whatever you want to call it um, and I love looking at typefaces for hours I go on <laughs> I go on and scroll and Luca and I have scrolled through many typefaces and I the other thing is I try to detect is the client the kind of client that I can send like 30 options <laughs> to because I don't actually think that's wrong with the right person I sort them intuitively yeah absolutely <laughs> you know right away but are you a person that can look at a sketch and can look at something half finished and can look at some letter forms that are really actually going to speak and I think that's the best term for it that mm -hmm. they're speaking mm -hmm. yeah. um, or are you going to get overwhelmed and just need like a, f a few choices that I've right. really curated and for me to kind of like force them and say this is what you should do and this is right <laughs> which is not how I want to operate um, I really want people to feel that they had a choice and that it they that they that we sort of audited the process yeah and it and you're using your intuition to sift and sort and figure out who needs what what style what approach absolutely right? like which typeface is going to speak for them or do we need something mm -hmm. custom made um yeah where are we going to go with that because mm -hmm. typefaces and fonts are an art absolutely right? they're an art and a science absolutely and rebecca loves this too i'm such a fun i mean when geek, you just... said you have more more fonts than shoes yes that you oh, collect easily. them oh gosh oh, like yeah. multiples, multiples. Yeah. <laughs> you and rebecca could talk about that for hours <laughs> oh yeah because i'm well and it's also because i'm i'm buying them constantly mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. and then at the end of the year accountants like oh fonts i see <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah th this is a big investment. Yeah, and I think and, my but accountant wrecked. Oh yeah, sorry. 
Do we need to cut you off? No, no. We we were Rebecca's pointing at your other show and tell item, but oh, we my were other sh- we sh- were sh- sifting and sorting, and we can we can th- throw that in because we've okay, talked about fonts a little bit. Okay, we talked about the um, fonts. This yeah. is your third show and tell item. This here is today. my third sh- show and tell. So my late uncle Henry Bousquet. Um, later in life, he started making stained glass, and I really am interested in people who picked up a hobby or an art like. You know, later. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I took art history at Emily Carr, they said the cultures that were able to do art, like the Egyptians made pyramids, was because it's because your basic needs are taken care of. Like, you're mm. not fighting for sh- food and shelter. Right. It's so true. Um, unfortunately, in many cases where they weren't fighting for food and shelter, they were using slaves. Right. Just want to throw that right. out there. Yeah. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's unfortunate. Or using women as slaves. Yes. Because it's a form of slavery also. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I won't go too far into that, but I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he made this, he started making really beautiful stained glass, and um, he passed away um, from lung cancer 11 years after he quit smoking. It was really devastating wow, to no our kidding. family. Yeah. And I just think about these things. He was like in the middle of making me another mm. another piece. So it's just really special to me to have this to hang this on to. this is a to. heart. Yeah, it's a heart with the sort of like textured leaf thing happening. Mm. And we tweeted yeah. a picture of this out. Oh, nice. So for those of you following us, we've been tweeting throughout the show. And our Twitter handle is... Uh, essential convert essence t-i-a-l-c-o-n-v so if you want to see a picture of the heart you Mm -hmm. can go in there and have a look perfect yeah so um yeah that's why it's very significant to me and uh yeah art Mm -hmm. is precious it's i mean that we could do a whole show on uh art because a lot of our guests who come on bring things with them that were made by somebody who's close to them or it's a piece of art that's really inspired them or got them through a tough time or um opened a door or a window that's helped them to move to another stage it's really it's been really interesting Mm -hmm. so Thank you very much for being with us today. Um, people, If people want to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I'm, um, my uh, website is, my, this is literally my name, floragordon.design. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on, under Flora Gordon, I'm on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn, my picture. I'm wearing a red shirt. You'll know it's me. <laughs> and uh, Instagram. My Instagram isn't that much of my work stuff. If yeah. you want to see what I'm eating, where I'm traveling mm-hmm. to, and a, a lot of dogs. <laughs> and how human you are. Yeah, yeah. Really human on there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So that's, that's how you can all find Flora. And is there anybody that you might like to hear from? You know, I would, I would like to hear from people who are interested in intuitive branding. Um, I'm not always able to take clients at all times because of, you know, it, it's... A we lot all of, have capacity. Yeah, capacity, <laughs> yeah. time, capacity. space, workload. Yeah. Although I kind of believe if it's supposed to happen... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if anybody together. wants to talk to me about what it's like to be on the client end of that, I'm happy to talk to you about it. So, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Reach out to Flora. Yeah. Awesome. Reach out to Flora. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much. It was really delightful having you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Do you have anything coming up that you want to tell people about? Uh, nothing have? coming up at the moment, but I'm, I do have some openings for some new clients right now. So if anybody's interested, get in touch with me. First conversation is free, so we can see if we fit. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And you, Rebecca? Um, ditto for me. That's the same. Ditto for yeah, you? Yeah, everything else is rather full up and busy, but I do have a couple spots for clients that I could take. But until next time. I wonder what's around the corner.
Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. Happy, 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 happ